So welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. This is where we explore the new game-changing understanding that can unlock new levels of performance, resourcefulness, and well-being in the workplace. Join us if you want to be part of the new breed of leaders in business. Join us if you're fed up with the conventional echo chamber. And join us if you want to be part of the new revolution in understanding how the mind works and recognize that we are more than just our psychology and that that can lead to better results. So welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. And I'm your host, Piers Thurston. Now, today's episode, I'm very lucky to be joined by Simon Terry. And Simon is the owner and MD of Anglepoise Lights. And for those of you who haven't heard of Anglepoise, Anglepoise is a classic, iconic British brand of task light, which has a huge heritage. And it's a family business that Simon's been at the helm of for the last sort of 15, 16 years. And I've had the uh, privilege and pleasure of working him with him for a couple of years uh, with principles of quality of mind. And I thought it might be interesting to find out from Simon's perspective how this understanding has helped him with all his challenges and opportunities with his business. So welcome, Simon. Hi, Piers. Good, good to be here. Thank you. So Simon, to start with, could you just give us a little um, nutshell uh, about uh, what you've been up to at Angle Poise and your role um, and some of the challenges and opportunities you've had? Um, over the last uh, sort of decade and a half. If you can condense that into a couple of minutes, that'd be really helpful. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try and give it my, my best shot. I'm also suffering a bit from hay fever at the moment, so I apologise if I snivel a little bit during things. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I suppose my journey started really angle poise about uh, 16 years ago when, um, very brief, I think my, I was having a drink with my father down the pub, uh, at which point he sort of announced actually I'm no longer interested in the family business and um, I, I'm, I'm thinking of selling it. And I know you won't be interested because uh, you've got a good career in the film industry because I was working in visual effects at the time. And um, I sort of, you know, had a pint, had a think and sort of came back and said, well, actually, you know, I, I might be interested. You know, it's something that I've always been involved with in some way as a child or been aware of the business growing up as a family business. And, um, yeah, I decided to give it a go from that moment. Um, but then I think what transpired was um, my father got very ill with cancer and um, I was suddenly sort of plunged into you know, a very serious role in the business uh, when I didn't really have the training or, or the business sort of knowledge and I was very much you know, um, out of my depth at the time. But it was that real moment of you know, you learn very quickly by doing. And um, we had to make some very serious changes, make a lot of people redundant and actually almost restart the business from scratch. So uh, another time it was really about moving locations of the business, um, starting to design new products because we weren't making products that were fit for the market we were now selling in and, and also finding new customers. So it really was, you know, sort of, you know, a tough time for us as a business. But um, what was fascinating for me, not really, you know, knowing much about the business world, I learned very, very quickly by doing. Um, I got a lot wrong in the early days, but I also got some things right, which is kind of 
how we've managed to keep going for the last sort of 15, 16 years and actually, you know, regrow and reemerge as, as a recognized uh, brand, um, which is something I think had kind of been lost because of, you know, cheap competition and imports had really sort of turned this into quite a generic um, offering as a business. So it, it's been a, you know, a hell of a journey, but one that, um, you know, that really teaches you. And that's something that um, I've really learned from. So I'm, I'm really pleased to, to be here now, 16 years on. Um, we're doing very well as a business. We now, um, having gone from selling totally in the UK, um, we now sell in over 50 countries and over 50% of our business is export. So it really has been a, a transition. And I've been lucky enough to to employ and work with some fantastic people in the way that have really helped me um, on that journey of not only business journey, but also I think a journey of self-discovery and um, and a creative journey as well, because we've, I think, the last 15 years have really helped me almost bring some of the creative elements I learned from the film industry into, into this role. Um, so it's been a fantastic journey. Well, yeah. And, um, I know we've, I've spoken to you in a lot of detail about it before and all the things that you've had to deal with and it's, it has been amazing. Um, and, and I guess my question for, for this podcast is what have you learned about, um, in your role as, as, leader of that business and and owner which adds another dimension uh, and with the legacy of that what, what have you learned about the importance of the role the human side of, of people and the mind and how much whether that makes a difference or not to how much you thrive survive and even enjoy uh, what you do the thing i was you know always told and i believe is that you know, up to 70 or 80% of the company's value is now in the intangible aspects of the business. So before people were employed as cogs in a machine on a production line to, to churn things out, now actually the question is where is the value in businesses because it's not on the balance sheet anymore. It's, it's kind of hidden in the personal interactions and um, the way people do things, the way people interact. It's, it's all the sort of the soft areas that, you know, we, we don't really look to. So in order to get the best out of people nowadays, you, you have to just empower, trust, and, and engage with people in a way that's very different than it was sort of 15 years ago when I started. Um, because you can't force people to do good work. You know, people come to work fundamentally to do a good job, but unless you support them in their activities and empower and delegate responsibly to them, you won't get the best out of them. So it is really all about that, that culture part. And the culture of a business is all about the individuals and empowering them in a business. So that's something I've really learned and, and I'm getting better at all the time delegating. I've had to let go of a lot of things and quite often employ people that are much better than me in different areas, which initially you're, it's quite difficult to do but once you realize how great things can become when you do truly delegate and trust people and how much better they are at things than I am um, you suddenly realize you can create a great business and, and in doing all of that and, and all the evolution of the business and stripping it right back and building it back up again and, and getting the culture right and empowering people uh, and in, in your own clarity and resourcefulness what what, what what have you noticed about the role and relevance of 
the mind? Well, it was, <clears throat> I mean, I suppose previously to sort of meeting you, peers on, on this kind of stuff, I was, I was sort of realizing something about, and I think it was, it was part of having kids and, and slightly changing the way I looked at things. I suddenly saw a, a sort of a difference between, I suppose, cause and effect. And, and an example could this probably was, I think at one time I had a quite a serious road rage incident with, with somebody started with me. And I suddenly realized that actually, you know, I, I, I was being treated in a certain way, but I didn't have to respond aggressively to that situation. And as soon as you sort of realize that actually that it's quite empowering, you can be whatever you want to be in that situation. I suddenly realized there was something, you know, different that because someone treats you a certain way, it doesn't instantly mean you have to respond in a certain way. You know, that people almost want you to respond in a certain way, but you don't have to. And it was kind of that sort of thinking. And then when I, I sort of met you and we start on this whole program, it, it was then when you'd ask me a question and you kind of say, okay, you know, not, you know what, what if, why have you got an issue with this? And I said, well, I've got a problem with this. And you go, well, actually, do you have a problem with that? And I go, well, actually, no, I don't. That isn't really an issue. Then I'd say the next thing, and you go, well, is that really an issue? And I go, well, no, it isn't, actually. <laughs> and, and then you suddenly start to realize, actually, you don't really have any issues. And it's more just how you think about things. And once you realize you don't have an issue, suddenly it just it frees your mind and your, your mind just goes clear again. Um, and that, that was sort of the main moment for me. And it, it sounds quite sort of simple, but actually it was quite a sort of a flip to just realize that. And then every time you went into a certain situation that you didn't just suddenly think, oh, it's, it's this, therefore I've got to think like that. It's just that sudden moment of actually I can just feel how I want to be and that's fine and thoughts just come and go and that's fine. And actually I'm quite comfortable with the situation, even if it might be a difficult situation. And, and what you've described there um, in, in very kind of um, ordinary but profound way is that what you realized was how the mind works, which is, you know, w there's no causal power in an event, whether that be a, a traffic incident or, or a challenge at work. Those things don't have the ability to make you feel something. It's what your mind is creating that is what you feel and see. And I think that the flip you talk about is, well, actually realizing that the mind works inside to outside, not outside to inside. And it wasn't luck that you didn't get bothered by that road rage thing or that, you know, you started realizing you didn't have so many issues. It's because you just were falling back into understanding how the mind actually worked. And it's so obvious once you see it, but before you see it, it doesn't look obvious. And most of the world is pointing to the fact that the outside world, events, circumstances, people does have a causal power over your, over your feelings and your thinking, but it doesn't. And I think that's a very simple way of describing it in the way you just had that flip. And, and, and how else has that been sort of manifested and, and useful for you? Well, I, I think for me that is that realization that you don't, um, have to engage those things you can just step back and let things go so i, I look at it as is for me this this journey has very much been about building you know emotional resilience for me so that actually when you realize this kind of stuff because because in life you know things tend to come at you and problems come at you, and they always tend to come in twos or threes or fours and within all of us we all have a sort of a capacity for how much we can handle 
um, at any one time. But if you kind of start thinking like this, you suddenly realize that actually you, you can handle quite comfortably a lot more than you actually think because you almost don't think about it too much. You're not anxious about it. You just find a, you know, a, a neutral state where you, you're just sort of contented in the moment. And I think that point there as, as, as living the moment was another side to this that I was, you know, if I do my sort of standard Belvin tests and all that thing, I'm very much a futurist in the future. And what I've sort of learned for this process is really about being in the present and here and now. And most of us think we're in the present, but actually we're always slightly ahead. But actually, if you slip in the present, um, suddenly everything makes sense and you just feel connected um, to, to the world around you. Um, I don't know, it, you sort of get a heightened sense of reality. Things become clearer, you get more clarity um, and, and you get the ability to see things easier. And actually, solutions just come to you quicker. That's something else I found that if I give myself time in that space and time to reflect, I find the solutions quite easily, actually. Whereas before I try and work through and force solutions, now they just sort of come to you. And actually, they're normally right just by thinking through it. But yeah, it's been interesting. It's, 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 a, it's another great example of, um, I find this difference in, in a few clients actually, is that most of us have been sort of innocently conditioned that if we've got a, a problem or a challenge that we sort of apply our analytical, psychological, learned self to it. You know, we, we kind of work it through and we plan scenarios and all this kind of thing. Um, you know, not even spotting to see that the thing itself is made up by us. But I think what you're referring to there is that w when you're in a slightly different space, more, more just in the moment and not really in that intellectual layered brain, you, you get a degree of clarity and even creativity to deal with something. Uh, there's an obviousness that sort of comes through um, and a, a solution occurs to you although you haven't had to work at it really hard. I mean, obviously there's some things you might have to do as a result of it, but it, it just occurs to you, oh, this is what I'll do. And, and, and the thing gets solved without it ever getting layered up into something huge that would have, you know, in the past maybe kept you awake for a few weeks. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I also think a part of it, which I think is interesting, I know in the context of today is actually sort of actually World Empathy Day. But I, mm. I think that it is interesting is that thing of actually once you start connecting in an environment, feel comfortable with others around you. You have more empathy. Empathy allows you to feel more connection with those around you. And you, you no longer feel like you have to be the most knowledgeable person in the room or be the best yeah. leader. You just have to be, as a group, empathetic and understanding. And you suddenly reach a point of um, connection. It, it's almost like a connection around shared experiences around the journey you're on in a business, for example. And actually... I think as a senior leadership team, for example, we have made huge inroads and steps in the last couple of years into that ability to just work as a, as a unit with huge respect for each other. And it's no longer look at me, look at what I'm doing, mm. it's like, look at what we're achieving. And we're just in a, I love that word flow, because we're just in a state of flow where it, it starts to fit. We have an understanding that there isn't, isn't about ego. It, it's all, you, you, you know, you, you, you thrive together or, when things go wrong, it's about sorting it out as quickly as you can and moving on together. You know, there's a trust that everyone in the team is performing to the best of their ability and, 
you know, it, it's just working as, as a unit, as, as a true, and we use this word team, but how many people really function as a team? Because when you actually get that, this amazing feeling and connect to that level where everyone is just, just on it, everyone gets it, everyone trusts each other fundamentally. It's and, and it's, again, very interesting because often we don't know what that's like until we've experienced it. And, and then we realize what we were missing out on before. So all those things you were talking about there, sort of sort of empathy, flow, just being in it together, that this sort of humility, um, that, 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 that's a symptom of all being in that space, right? And, and, and that produces great results. Um, and, and there are many, many people I work with who, it's surprising really, who don't know that exists in the workplace so that they may have had that in a, in a sports team occasionally or even at home, but they don't think that's possible when it comes to running a business. Um, yeah, I mean, but, but I think, I think you're right there. And what amazes me is how many people um, are, are different at home than they are at work when mm. actually there is no separation because it's all part of life. So um, it's, it's something for me. I realized that you just need to be comfortable in your own skin. And, and I, I think what's interesting is that, you know, that th- th- there can be some, in, in some people's minds in the business world, that, you know, performance, productivity, bottom line results, you know, are where it all matters and that they kind of give some lip service to well-being or mental health or whatever because they kind of think they should. Um, and, and, and one thing that, you know, time and again blows me away about the principles behind quality of mind is because of this fundamental nature, you will see shifts in performance, resourcefulness, and well-being. It's not an either-or, right? It, no. The, well, the, when you see how the mind works, it all comes online. Yeah, I mean, you know, everything is interconnected. It, it's just, uh, you know, it, it's whether you're truly connected into the world um, mm-hmm. is what it comes to. Um, but, you know, the, the thing I love about the whole training aspect of which, you know, we should be training our minds just like it's another organ. That, that's... We've spent so we will happily, you know, spend time down the gym, but we don't spend time training and focusing our mind because it, you can retrain it, you can get it to think about things. But the whole fundamental of training the workplace I love is the whole quote that you know, what if we train people and they leave, you know, or what if we don't train people and they stay? Yeah, and, and it's it's such an obvious thing of like you should be training people to be the best they can be, mm-hmm. and the thing is, people like that, you know. They, they will do the best they can. And if, if they want to leave, they'll leave and it will be good for everyone, good for humankind and good for you as a business because good things come around. That's the whole point. You know, if, if we're a permanent society of um, giving, nurturing and supporting, everyone benefits from that. Mm. It, it's when things become protectionist and we control people and try and hold people down. That's when things go wrong. You know, it, it's... That's when society stops functioning, in my view. And I and, uh, totally agree. And, and I'd love to give people listening a, um, get, to get your perspective on, compared to you know, other things that you've come across in the workplace or the kind of learning and development arena or personal or professional development arena, what, what would you say is the key differences about the work we did on the principles, you know, behind quality of mind to other things that are out there what, what would you say were the key differences for you well i mean i think you know over my sort of because i've always had a sort of fascination in this stuff 
um, over the years, you know, probably from having, you know, lots of issues growing up as a teenager with depression and various things. So I've always kind of been interested in, you know, the, your emotional state and the mind, all the rest of it. But the sort of things I've obviously come across before is a lot around the sort of standard NLP sort of side of things. Um, but what you sort of realize by a lot of those tools, it, it's all sort of, it's all to me actually having that, you know, learning what I know now, it's all kind of manipulation tools that it, it's almost acknowledging there's an issue in the first place. And then how do you manipulate it to sort of go away or, mm. you know, it, or how you, you know, you, you join another individual and you use tools to, to mirror, to manipulate things for the right sales outcome or whatever it is. And actually all that comes across is there's no authenticity or honesty to it. If, if, if you, you know, you remove all that and just go back to the basics of, how should you fundamentally treat another human being? How would you genuinely like to be treated and respected in the world? Um, when you start to look at that and truly embrace that, and and that and linked with that whole sort of thing of you know we, we talk about the flow and you know the, the mind. It isn't this thing of forcing an empty mind because you can never you never force it. It is genuinely having an empty space where thought and ideas can come into. It's amazing how you can just solve things and how much more comfortable you feel in a meeting. And that, you know, I'm, I'm beginning to find in some ways when I historically, you know, you'd sit in a meeting and you're, you're trying to think of the next thing to say or how to do it. Now I don't do that. It's almost like I can sit there quite comfortable without, with an empty mind and come up with ideas and solutions. And sometimes I may look a bit stupid and be wrong. Other times I'm on it. But when I'm wrong and stupid, it doesn't bother me anymore. I'm like, yeah, I got that wrong. Um, you were right. That's the approach we should take um, because it's a team. So, you know, leaders, it's all about being leaders and everyone in a business is a leader. And once you truly realize that, it isn't top down and the rest of it. Everyone has the opportunity and the power to become a leader in the business. Every individual. Just, just that bit where you're saying, you know, what we're doing here with these principles is not kind of manipulating your own force or enforcing us to think something it's, it's not manipulating our psychology it's not you know nlp or positive psychology yeah what is it then for you that that, that this is about i mean how would you describe it to someone else if you had like 30 seconds to do it i mean it's a bit on the spot there but if it isn't manipulating psychology and stuff what is it it's it's just uh, well to me it's just being fundamentally true to yourself and i know that sort of sounds strange but when we try and get in a state where it's this sort of enforced happiness, where we've got to be uber happy and uber brilliant at this and uber good at this, once you start to strip that away and say, actually, is that really what I want? Is that really important? Once you take that away, you have a sort of an emptiness. But a lot of people, when they get an emptiness, try and just fill it with stuff. Mm. And they artificially push things in there to try and, oh, I'm, I'm intelligent, I'm, I'm the best. If you just allow that space to just to just be because at the end of the day, you know, as I, as I read the other day, you know, 95% of our brains doesn't speak English mm. or any language. And the point is your brain is this enormous, fantastic organ that's doing loads of clever stuff we don't even know about. So if you just let it do what it does, because it's been evolving for millions of years, it kind of knows how to do things. And as, and as human beings, we're not born with issues. We're not born you know, not being contented and, and, and genuinely positive and 
you know, because that is a state of, of good well-being. We we're naturally going to be in that state. We would not evolve. Mm. Not to it doesn't make any sense. So if you just allow yourself just to be a human being, and I know it sounds a bit weird and a bit spiritual, but actually stuff just comes. It, it, it's very unusual because so, you know, so little of us spend so little time with, a, you know, with that space. And I'm not talking about going off and doing, um, you know, yoga and retreats. Actually, this is something just you have with you all the time. It's just there. It's just the ability when you're in a cramped train or a space, you can still get very positive feelings because you're not affected by what's going on around you. You realize everything's from the inside. And I, I think what you said there is just so key for people to realize. And, and so, you know, I mean, I, I know myself, when I first sort of realized that about eight, nine years ago, I was like, well, why has no one told me this? Why have I not been educated in this? How have I had to discover this myself in my kind of early 30s, you know, wherever it was, um, that my, I can feel whatever I feel regardless to what's going on outside me. There's no causal power. I have the capacity to have this space within me where creativity, clarity, connection just exists regardless to the outside world. And mm. it's as simple as realizing it. Now, when I say it's as simple, I'm not saying it's always easy because we have a personal mind that can get in the way of that, which has been well developed and, and uh, focused on for the first whatever years of our life. So it's, it's, this isn't, I always say this stuff isn't, it's simple but not easy. But once we realize it, it looks so obvious as to where the solution lies. And that is, we don't need to be doing so much psychological interference and toiling with ourselves in our minds to get to those places. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, like, it's like all these things, we, you know, it's not always that easy. Times we drift and everything else. But I think... Mm -hmm. The other change for me was, you know, you, you have to be always happy and you've got to be content. And what happened, you kind of, you're forcing it when you're not really feeling it and you try and walk into work and you, you smile and try and be happy when you're not. And you end up forcing this happiness and it's kind of like dropping off this cliff where you suddenly go plunging down into this arena of, of sadness. And then the, the big sort of change for me is the realization. I love the sort of expression that is, you know, being, being grateful in the highs and graceful in the lows. It's mm. this understanding that there's a natural rhythm and cycle. And if you're up, you're going to go down a bit. If you're down, you're going to come up a bit. And once you understand that the feelings come and go and, and you're quite comfortable, you're not suddenly feeling if I'm going down a bit, I'm just going to keep on going into this big hole in the ground. It just doesn't happen. If you just let your, your body naturally and your mind do what it does, you will just recover. That's and, right, and, and it's and it's it's it, it it is strange, I know, and I think yeah, you, you touched on that thing about why we're we not told told about and taught because I think it is a lot of this stuff is hard because it's almost it's not learning it's it's you you don't want to intellectualize this you have to just allow it to be and I think it also has this I don't know if the word spiritual is right but there is an element of this that is difficult I think in terms of and it is around this whole thing about the mind and the universal mind and everything that, you know, when we get into ideas of spiritual and religion, I think it is very hard for people. Um, but in, in its true essence, the more I now see of the world around me, and, you know, you, you know, I was at, did a bike ride the other day across just the countryside. You stop and you're just taking it in. You're going, this is way beyond our capacity to understand, but mm -hmm. actually you're a part of this. And once you sort of realize that, 
it suddenly becomes very beautiful to look at and, and you feel very comfortable in an environment that actually we increasingly struggle to engage with nature and everything and wrap ourselves up around in technology to feel comfortable. Um, it's so interesting there that, you know, you, you, because, because the essence of this work is spiritual because that's, you know, we are spiritual beings having a human experience, whether kind of whether we like it or not. And it's, and when we go to work, we're still the same. So it's understanding how that helps us and, and hinders us and how that turns out psychologically. Um, and as you say, also it requires, it doesn't, you can't learn it with your intellect, which is most of the things we're taught in business or in school, we, we can learn with our intellect. They're, they're concepts that we can then apply. This is just yeah. something you see implications of. Um, well, so I, think it's, I think you touched on that. I think it's the difference between, you know, we are basically taught, um, you know, intellect. We're not taught intelligence, which is emotional intelligence. is something we're not taught through the education system. Whereas actually the most successful people in life are the people that have, you know, a lot of emotional intelligence. So we are getting towards the end of time, believe it or not. It's been a great conversation. Um, I'd just love to summarize, if, if you could, you know, tell people in the business world how important you and valuable you think this understanding is for the business world in general, um, what would you say? I mean, how would you articulate it to to others? Um, well, you know, there's different levels, and obviously, on me, on my personal level, and then on a business level. I mean, from personally, for me, you know, I am not stressed at work anymore in, in the way I used to be because I've you know, I've learned not to carry the noise in my head and keep worrying about stuff that most of the time I can't change or influence. So that that's been a huge you know, step for me to a point where, you know, I go home and I'm not stressed. So I'm, I'm better at home. I'm more relaxed. And also got to a stage where it's allowed me to really trust uh, the team around me. So if I go away on holiday, I, you know, I, I don't check emails. I don't check telephone calls. And I went to America last year on a trip and three week holiday and I didn't once check emails in three weeks. Wow. And, and that isn't just about having a good team around you. It's having the right mindset to to understand you have trust um and so that's been really powerful um i mean i think for me that the way this has worked in in the team is we you know the, the sort of this sort of stuff i've i've learned a lot and personally i've pushed to quite a high level um as as, as uh, john for example who works with me um, as, a, as a fellow md but within the team where we've found you know interesting connections is around the kind of mindfulness part of this so a lot of our team have gone on mindfulness courses and all sorts of things, um, which I think has really helped them to just be more aware and more connected um, to the environment around it. And a lot of the stuff that John and I have learned, we can kind of input into that because once someone does stuff around mindfulness, they kind of understand a bit more about this. It opens up a, a, you know, a gateway because you know, at the fundamentals of this, you know, if, if you intellectualize this with your team and say, Oh well, I know all about the three principles, and it's all about you know mind consciousness and thought, and it's this. You lose people straight away because they just don't get it. They don't get the construct. So it takes an awful long time. And what we found as well that you can't force it on people. So if we're having discussions around this sort of thing, we make it optional at work, and you, you then truly gauge the people that want to to give to be there because you can't force this stuff. It's it's 
it's not everyone's cup of tea, um, but actually what it, what it does for us and, and what we realize is it, it's, it's releasing real sort of, I, I like this you know, expression, flow in the business in that uh, people are able to, to make decisions, they come from their decisions, they come to work feeling like themselves and, you know, and, and as well, you know, we, we, we celebrate people's kind of innate weirdness as well and that it's okay <laughs> to be different and we celebrate that. We don't want cogs in a machine. We want people to be comfortable in their own skin. Um, so that's, that's really, really good. But I, I do think in terms of the whole, it, it's kind of like the whole well-being stuff. I think people have really got onto the whole eating well, going down the gym thing. And then the well-being thing is kind of almost, it, there's elements of greenwashing with it that people aren't necessarily going far enough into you know, their mind and their environment to really get to the core of it. Because what you find is that there's so much kind of contentment in there and just so many opportunities to just be a better human being. Um, and to positively influence those around you that may be struggling or having a hard time. And it doesn't mean you become a counsellor, but you're in a position to just be, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of here for you. You know, we can talk about it. Um, and that feels really good working somewhere where people don't feel like they can't talk about something because they're going to be judged for it or sacked or lose their jobs. You know, hopefully we can get rid of all that idea. You know, you, you've, you've got your back, you know, you've got your, your fellow colleagues back. That's really important. And I must admit, as I'm listening to you, it sounds like a, a wonderful place to work, uh, Angle Poise. And, and, and just in case anyone's doubting, um, if, you know, does this nice place to work with all this looking after each other and well-being translate into bottom line, hard commercial results? Yeah, well, I think you can... Um, you know, it, it, based on the thing I was saying before about, you know, 70 or 80% of companies being in the intangibles, um, what, what we're seeing here is the way people are starting to interact with each other, communicate cross teams is, is the really powerful stuff for me. There's no longer this attitude of, well, we do it this way and, um, and shutting things down. There's actually an openness to understand this is all for the better good of the business. And there's this feeling of, you know, we're in it together, which I think is all comes from this feeling of, of, of mind because as, as human beings, as, ho- you know, as um, homo sapiens, we're designed to be collective beings that enjoy being around each other. We enjoy each other's company. We thrive off it. Um, and I'm starting to sort of sense this in the business that uh, that happens. And, yeah, I, I do believe, you know, the results we're achieving if you look at the retention levels or all the analysis or the engagement scores we do, because we do follow uh, the Euro- European excellence model and things, we get very high scores for, you know, engagement levels that are way higher than most businesses. So we do measure a lot of this stuff as well. So it isn't just soft stuff here. Um, there, there are, mm. you know, there are measures that prove this is, this is having a real impact on our business. If there was one kind of nugget, you know, one tweet-sized nugget that you wanted people to remember from, from this, uh, this conversation, um, you know, putting you on the spot a little bit, what would that be? Um, well, to me, it's this, this emphasis of um, it's about the journey. And I think that, that is also reflects in, you know, living in the moment and being in the moment that, mm. you know, 
fundamentally in the workplace it, it's about a journey it, it's it, everything you do is about you know if you set everything by goals and everything else what does it really achieve for you the, the journey is that sort of guiding star and, and in some ways the journey you never necessarily reach a destination but actually the mm-hmm. journey is the excitement and I think sometimes we lose that and we stop focusing on the journey we look at the outcome and it's a little bit like this analogy of of gold setting where you um you know you, you're like a dog with a bone and you you know you have a bone and you throw it and then you go scurrying after it and you struggle to get the bone and then when you get the bone you sort of pick it up and throw it again and actually it, it's mm-hmm. a really bad way of looking at success success is a sustained idea where everyone kind of gets the journey they get where they're going and you're kind of doing it together i like the analogy of, of people on a boat if you're racing a boat, you're all kind of working together as a team. And the journey is about sailing a bit faster, you know, enjoying the moment, enjoying the view, um, learning different skills, sharing experiences. And actually, the boat is going faster and faster and performing more and more just by doing those actions. Mm. But that, that's, that's the big one for me, really, is, is just to remember that. Because at the end of the day, I don't think people remember how much money they earn or you know, how successful they've been when they look back. They remember those little experiences and those times when you did something special. That's what you remember. And that's what you should always try to do. Everything you do should be special, should be important, and should all be about uh, the journey and the legacy you leave behind. That's also incredibly important. You well, know. that's, that's it's, uh, so refreshing to hear, you know, someone in business talking about it. it's not necessarily about how much money you make and having the goals but it's more about just enjoying what you do and if you do that guess what the, the results and the money tends to come so um exactly. wrap up here so thank you so much for your time and and sharing with us and my pleasure and uh look forward to hearing anyone's comments on what sam has been saying and um please feel free to engage with the podcast and listen to the next one. So till next time, everyone, uh, stay curious, have fun. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please reach out and leave us a review and a comment. If you want more info, check out makingchangework.co.uk or Piers Thurston on LinkedIn.